0: Well, it's a Sunday afternoon. It means it's time for us to get chatting. Very warm welcome to Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tadej Hari Pashad, bringing you some cutting-edge of affairs today as we unpack another very important issue. It's this week specifically, I think it's an issue that uh, has been so close to your heart and it's been something you've been talking about for so long. And um, it actually gives me a great, great sense of joy now to be presenting this topic through to you because I think it is something that that resonates with you. It's something that you've raised and to see that there's some sort of light, some sort of indication, um, with regard to this, it's a major success story then. So I think a big pat on your back because it's something that you've been pushing forward. It's something that you've been, um, you know, raising at many forums. And it's so wonderful to know that it's, you know, got, there's some sort of light flickering now in that tunnel. What am I talking about? Well, um, there is some sort of confirmation or some sort of indication about the fact that 1860 heritage um, the heritage and the history of the 1860 indentured people, the Indians who came to South Africa in 1860, is possibly going to be taught at schools. A submission was made, um, I think, spearheaded quite strongly there by the 1860 Indentured Labourers Foundation. They've approached the Department of Basic Education to find out what is the possibility of incorporating this into school syllabus to teach this history as a compulsory part of the history curriculum. And that pitch... Uh, I think it reached the top order there of basic education. Minister Andrew Mochecha, um, has appointed a ministerial team that will review the history curriculum in grade, uh, four to 12. And the task team has been provided with, um, you know, a great deal of terms of reference. And they are, um, looking at the submission made by the 1860 Laborers Foundation with regard to the inclusion of history of indentured Indian laborers to be taught um, in school. So I think that's a major, majorly significant, um, you know, feat for you there, isn't it? Because it's something that you've often been talking about. It's wonderful for um, South Africans of Indian origin to reflect on the history of the Indian uh, origin people, the indentured uh, people. And it's good to tell it to your family, to tell it to your friends, to talk about it on radio. But when the broader South Africa doesn't understand this heritage, this history, where how Indians got here, what they went through, what they did, um, you almost get a sense as if there's some sort of, you know, blinkers on in terms of understanding the full history of the Indian-origin people in South Africa. So I think a big, big achievement there for you. It's not confirmed yet, though. It's still going to go through its review process, presentation process, and we're going to try and unpack all of that. But before I get into that aspect of our conversation, it ties in very neatly with uh, a very important point that President Cyril Ramaphosa um, made during the State of the Nation Address this week. And what he said was that government aims to ensure that within the next decade, every 10-year-old will be able to read for meaning. Let's listen to his excerpt of that speech. They have told us very clearly
1: what they want and what they also need. They want to be employed, yes, but they also want to become employers. They are brimming with ideas and they are at the forefront of innovation and they want to do things for themselves. We have to support the fire of entrepreneurship that resides in them, because the fortunes of this country depend on the energies and the creative talent of young people. If we are to ensure that within the next decade, every 10-year-old will be able to read for meaning, we will need to mobilise the entire nation behind a massive reading campaign. Every reading, early reading rather, is the basic foundation that determines a child's educational progress through school, through higher education, and into the workplace. All foundation and intermediate phase teachers are to be trained to teach reading in English and other African languages. And we are training and deploying a cohort of experienced coaches provide high-quality on-site support to our teachers. This forms part of the broader effort to strengthen the basic education system by empowering school leadership teams, improving the capabilities of teachers and ensuring a more consistent measurement of progress for grades 3, 6 and 9. We also have to prepare our young people for the jobs of the future. That is why we are introducing subjects like coding and data analytics at a primary level school. The South Africa we want is a country where all people are safe and feel safe.
0: So, there you go, that was the conversation there. Uh, the conversation starter, one could go as far as calling it that, President Silda Maposa talking about this ambitious plan for every 10-year-old to be able to read for meaning in the next decade. And the, um I think the, the government will need to mobilize the entire nation behind a massive reading campaign, uh, largely done through the National Reading Coalition. It ties in, basically, with what we're talking about here today. We are going to be speaking to our literacy expert around um, 1.30 today. We'll speak to Mr. Ahmed Muttala, who's going to be talking to us about um, you know, the significance of reading, of literacy, and also his thoughts on our topic at uh, hand. But I think it gives me great, great pride now to welcome onto studio and onto our program today is Mr. Anand Jairaj, and he's from the 1860 Indentured Laborist Foundation. Uh, of course, from 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 Verulam, that that aspect of the Verulam branch there, Mr. De no stranger to newsbreak talk. Good to have you on.
2: Thank you, Tarish, and it's a pleasure to be in your company and the company of the uh, Lotus FM listeners.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we've often had conversations with you about it, you know, the significance mm. and the history, and I think we spoke about it, I think it was during November last year when you came to studio, and we spoke about the push and the need now to take it out of this studio, to take it out of halls and auditoriums where, where celebrations take place, and get it out there to the rest of South Africa, and I see you've got quite a successful document before you. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about that before we touch on the history department has responded to you
2: yes responded but it is a, a response to uh as an aftermath of our conference that you all interviewed us yes. last year remember with satir Dupilia over here on the studio we had a very successful conference mm. here and we of course too i don't know you uh, uh, the mm. listeners remembered but there were you know six you know for most academicians of yeah. this country uh, delivering a conference papers on six important mm. aspects relating to indenture yeah. it didn't cover everything but six important aspects now at that conference we took a resolution that it was unanimous that we must try to get the uh, authorities the government to of course there is a move to introduce reintroduce history to make sure that in uh, revising the curriculum of history that the history of indenture, is an integral part of that yes. and that was the resolution we took and pursuant to that, in implementation of the resolution, we prepared a motivation and we sent it to the department. Mm. To what say went that,
0: into that motivation? Because I think it had a great impact on the department.
2: It, yes, it, 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 uh, it is quite a lengthy paper but we gave them, a, uh, uh, we made an application, a formal application and one, uh, let me read it out. Mm. Apart, there's a lot, I don't want to read too much, it can yep. become a bit boring and uh, too, but I said pursuant to the resolution, we talk about the resolution taken at the conference. The eighteen sixty Indentured Labourers Foundation hereby makes a request to the Department of Education yes. as well as all institutions of education and or learning to take all necessary steps in order to include the history of indenture in the College of Natal as an integral part of its overall history syllabus at primary secondary and tertiary level that's our request to them and motivated you gave them background about our organization and we gave them a brief history of Mm. indenture itself Mm. Mm. And the question going to arise now, Of course, we are in the threshold of it. Remember, is they gave us a reply, and I'd just like yeah, to... Yeah,
0: let's talk about that reply. What are they saying to you now, post right. that submission? Right.
2: What had happened is they indicated to us in this letter again, it's a, quite a lengthy letter, but mm. they say that we are pleased to inform you that the Minister of Basic Education, Mrs. A.M. Motsega, the MP has appointed a ministerial task team mm. that will review the history cu- curriculum yep. in grade 4 to grade 12. Now, mm. we're talking about history curriculum, overall history mm. curriculum. The task team has been provided with terms of reference on curriculum development. Once the task team has completed its review and revised the history curriculum, it will be published with the aim of obtaining comments from the public. Yeah right and he said our sub, your submission referring to our submission yes. regarding the inclusion of history of indenture in the history curriculum will be presented to the ministerial task team mm. on history and that is where we as a community and our organizations will have to get, yeah. jump on the bandwagon and yeah. make sure we lobby for the inclusion. Absolutely. And we've got to justify why it right. should be there. You want to, if people ask, they and say, why should it be? So yeah. I also need to pass a message to the community why it should also Absolutely. be
0: included. Before we come to that, and I think this is a question best, uh, I think the department is best uh, placed to uh, answer it. I've contacted them and we're still waiting for some sort of response um, with regard to them. We'll keep you posted on it. And I think even if we don't get it today, then subsequently in other news break broadcasts, we will be um, you know flighting that interview as it becomes available to us from the Department of Basic Education with regard to their thoughts on it. Public submission sounds very key. Mm. And I wonder if you know at this stage how public can make submissions about why this uh, inclusion into the syllabus is, is, is integral.
2: Yeah, of course, they will have to have the the law or constitution requires that any um, uh, legislation that is put through must uh, uh, must obtain public uh, uh, airing as well. And yeah. that, it hasn't been out yet. So we are keeping our fingers on the pulse and ears close to the ground to see yeah. when is the submission going to come. Yeah. But in the meantime, we must prepare for the submission to in make sense. sure that we are not left wanting yeah. when the time comes for right. submission.
0: Yeah. On that note then, and I know this is something very close to your heart and you often speak very passionately about it. So I think I will do it right now and and ask you to, to, to help us understand, you know, this history that you're talking about. You know, um, we know where it stems from, but help us understand its why? full context and why it's integral today. All
2: right. Look at what happens is when we talk about the indenture, the public generally think of Indians that came here and cut sugar cane. Yeah. Right, that's the thing. Ketchum came they came in the Toro and of course they underwent yes. certain difficulties and of course most of them stayed and our present day the majority of our South Africans remember we are South African integral South Africans, full blooded South Africans, Absolutely. but in in danger. One of the things that I want to drive home to the listeners is that slavery was abolished in eighteen thirty three in the British Empire. India was under control of Britain at the time. The colony of Natal was not South Africa at the time. It was the colony of Natal. And, of course, the British were in control. Yep. They were driven. They've come to the Battle of Congela. They drove the uh, Dutch out, and they were in control of it. After the abolition of slavery, there was no cheap labor thereafter. Hmm. And the world was in a recession, a major economic recession, which very few people know. And the colony of Natal was caught up in that recession and was on the brink of bankruptcy. Yep. It was almost on the verge of ruin. But they discovered that sugar will do well here. Edmund Moore would experiment and found that sugar will do well. Yep. And that's going to save the economy. But how are we going to save it without labor? Mm. There was no labor. And then they uh, caught up on the idea that, look at the indenture, uh, uh, from indentured labor from India, saved or they were serving um, or uh, been uh, exported to Fiji and yep. Mauritius and other countries. And it was successful. And they felt that they can be also introduced here. Yeah. So 1860, everybody knows about it. They came here. The Indian indentured laborer and everybody must remember saved colony from financial ruin. Mm-hmm. Right, saved colony. Actually, I don't know what would have happened if they not came. And that is an important thing. yeah Everybody must forget. Yeah. Must not forget that they saved colony of Natal from financial ruin. And but later on, when South Africa was integrated and was unified in 1910, colony of Natal was included into the Union of South Africa in 1910, and of course. Laterally, now it's known as KwaZulu Natal, yeah. right? But those laborers, many of them after the Indian share, they did not go back to India. Many of them elected to stay on here, and they contributed in every facet of the life towards the uh, towards the development of South Africa, and they're continuing to deliver do it today as at present day. And I think that is a reason that we need to you know drum into the thought yeah. and say yeah. we need this to be thought everywhere so they can recognize it, and then the the uh, south african indians are not marginalized in the uh, you know greater south african context
0: wonderful to hear that story being told with so much vigor there mm-hmm. so there you go this is why the story is so important and why um one should go about trying to um you know keep it keep it present and i think uh, i think uh, Mr Gerard, they, And the um, I'm sorry to interrupt yo. you one of the things we remember that you know
2: all of them involved in it we don't know everything every day we are learning yo. something yo. new something new we're learning about it and we have got to keep on developing absolutely
0: this. Yeah. But that, that is one of my uh, you know my questions on the agenda here to talk about how do you actually then uh, research and put put together a curriculum how do you substantiate it how do you show that it is accurate which aspect of it is uh, is accurate, inaccurate, so all of these things come into play but um, I think you can call us now 089-310-8789. you can also WhatsApp us at numbers 0716137803 let us know your thoughts on this important story being um, now integrated or potentially integrated into the curriculum of the uh, South African schooling system, why is it important for young people to learn it and also I think I, I really want to know your thoughts on um, not just Indian origin, South Africans learning about the story, What about other uh, South Africans' understanding and, and, and really uh, finding out the origins of the um, Indian origin people in South Africa. It's Newsbreak Talk. I'm Tarish. Give us a call, 089-310-8789.
3: The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM.
0: Okay, let's get the conversation started now to Selvin go. Hello, Selvin. Hi, good afternoon to uh,
4: and also to Mr. Jayraj, Hanan Jayraj. And uh, I've been listening to you, two people, and, well, I'm going to start off by saying the highest number of Indians, the Indian guys outside of India, happens to be in South Africa. So we must be very grateful to people like Anand for doing what he did and you, for creating the awareness. But I'd like to just raise a little point. The Indian Embassy in South Africa needs to come to the party and help people like Anand. You know, the Indian Embassy must be proud of the Indians' achievement down here in South Africa. Then last year I listened to the scientist who spoke about medieval history. Indian culture is so, you spoke about reciprocating our ideas. That's fantastic. The Indians can now have a chance to tell the rest of South Africa about their history, the culture, the language, and the ingenuity and all of that. And I'm very proud. So I just want to very quickly, like I've done. Thank you for the awareness. And Jairag, you need any assistance out in the field? We're there to help you. Keep up the good work, the rest.
0: Thanks very much, Stephen. Appreciate your call. So there you go, Mr. Jayraj. I think what's very interesting that's coming through immediately is that South Africans want to get involved, and that's quite uh, encouraging to to see for for cause like this. Let's go to WhatsApp now, Rajan Rajkumar from Cape Town. We welcome the move to include Indian history in our curriculum. Until now, Indian history is absent in our curriculum, albeit the curriculum being flexible. Teachers must not become slaves to the caps curriculum. The onus is on our teachers and parents to educate our children on our rich Indian history as leaders teachers must include Indian history in their planning and teaching this must be done not only by history teachers but by all teachers and that's from Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town appreciate your sentiment there got a voice note here um, trying to get through to it uh, let's find out who we're talking to news break welcome to the program
5: Mr. J. Raj,
2: I want to give you that's off. I uh, say, salute you, uh, for what you are doing. Uh, my grandfather was also working in the sugar plantations in Sakra and Sugar Estate in Mondeshkum area when they came in 1860. Uh, Mr. Yelapa Appal Naidu from Peli, Kasim Kasimkota in Vishakapatnam, Andhra Pradesh, India, and he worked his butt off. So I want to salute you for what you are doing, and if you need my help, you can always count on me to help you, sir.
5: This is Ian Naidu from Ankomas.
0: Wonderful. Thanks so much, Ian, for that uh, voice note that you sent us. I think what's coming through very strongly at this point is that South Africans... Um, are keen to assist in the process. I think it's going to really help in the public submission aspect of this process. Uh Next text we got now, and it says, Good afternoon. I think it's a must. It is so important to include this subject in the curriculum. We always speak to our kids about our heritage. They just listen, but don't grasp it. This is so vital because now it will be instilled in them as a subject in school. So, yes, thank you. Thanks to our ministers. Well done. And go on to place. Thanks so much. Vasanthi is actually the person who sent us that text. A great deal of support coming through today. Yeah, so we are talking about this process now started, and I just got some um, uh, word from the Department of Basic Education. They sent me a text saying that they actually, Mr. Jayaraj, and this is quite interesting, the Department of Basic Education is um, not necessarily, you know, fully involved or not commenting on the issue. Um, because this is the work of the appointed task team as chaired by Professor Sefiso Ndlovu. and um, this task team is independent of the, de- the Department of Basic Education. And I think that's a, I mean, I wonder your thoughts on that. Is it a is, a, is it a good thing that it's an independent body? It means that it's got no interference by any organization. So we are going to be sp- trying to speak to Professor Safiso Ndlovu at a point and get you some, um, you know, thoughts on that. But, uh, let's go back to the phone lines before we take the conversation forward. Mrs. Maharaj, from Phoenix. Hello, Mrs. Maharaj.
6: Uh, Parish, and Namaste, Choo, Mr. Ram. Yes, sir, I must sir. congratulate you on such a fantastic program. Yes, uh, the indig- uh, Indians need to be put on history and um, and I think the uh, uh, Indian consulate has also got to work hard with Mr. J yep. Ram and, and, and uh, I think it's a fantastic, beautiful idea and thanks to you and your panel and Lotus FM to allow such a, a program and right now, you know, Everything is really uh, not very nice for us Indians, and I would say that it's a fantastic idea. And I would like to say that I come from a religious background, and we have already started the uh, the Indented Indians education at our center in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful to I you,
6: also have, have a, a fantastic dinner made with the Indented Indians and the sugarcane plantations. And I've also presented some, uh, you know, to, to some of our sponsors with the same sugarcane. And yet again, I hail from the sugarcane plantations of Takaskaral, and I feel proud about that with my family working
0: there as indentured Indians. Wonderful, Mrs. Maharaj. Thanks so much for informing us about all of that. Really appreciate your call today. I uh, got a message from Vasi David. Uh, we welcome the change in our schools. It would be awesome if there's, uh, if there's still a worry about the crime which needs urgent attention. See David in Johannesburg. Um, yeah, awesome. We're going to keep that on the agenda as well. So there you go. These are the sentiments coming through. Uh, we're going to go to Mr. Raj to talk a bit more about it, his thoughts and his reaction to the fact that many South Africans want to become a part of the process now. But we are going to take a short break and when we come back, we shift focus just a little bit to talk to you about literacy and how this all ties in to the um, you know introduction of 1860 heritage into the curriculum. Stay tuned. It's Newsbreak Talk with Meetharish. Okay, it's half past one now on break talk with me, Tarish, and we are shifting focus a slight. We're going to come back and, and maintain most of our focus on the 1860, uh, potentially, uh, the 1860 heritage potentially being introduced into school curriculum in a short while. But it ties in all just, you know, just beautifully ties in with the statement by President Cyril Ramaphosa at the State of the Nation address on Thursday, where the plan is government wants to ensure that within the next decade, every 10 year old will be able to read for me meaning and uh it's 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 a very important um you know aspect of South Africa's development because I think it he's talking about it from a root cause of employment. If you have more South Africans, specifically young South Africans, who are able to read and grasp literacy, they're going to become more employable and they're going to be really taking the economy into a more professional um, footing as as to what South Africa wants to do as per the development goals. So to talk about it and give us a bit more indication as to how significant this is, let's say hello to Mr. Ahmed Mutala. He's the CEO of New Africa Education Foundation. Foundation. Ahmed, thanks for your time today.
5: Thank you so much, Teresh, uh, for having me on your show, and uh, good afternoon to all your listeners.
0: Yes, and I think, you know, we've spoken about it before, Ahmed, the importance of, of literacy, and I think we've, you know, I mean, it, it can never be overemphasized, but I think we've dealt with it. But now when you've got government talking about a push to have, uh, over the next decade, all 10-year-olds in South Africa to be able to read for meaning, um, I want to first ask you where's the problem then? Is that then suggesting that most ten-year-olds or a lot of or a significant amount of ten-year-olds don't read for meaning actually are unable to read?
5: Exactly, Koresh. There have been numerous studies that were done recently and um, most of the studies found that uh, kids that were in grade four could not read for meaning So what that actually means is that the chances of that child actually passing the trick or getting into university are very, very slim. So, you know, the focus has been, you know, mostly on improving the the metric pass rate. But, you know, people weren't really focusing on the root cause, and the root cause actually is at the foundation phase. So if you lay a good enough foundation, if kids uh, are able to to understand, uh, read for meaning, and and count accurately, then the chances of them progressing and passing the trick, you know, actually improve significantly. Yeah. And that's what most of the studies have have shown. Mm. And, you know, uh, the New Africa Education Foundation, our NPO, has been working on literacy projects in trying to improve literacy, especially yeah. in the foundation phase.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I, think, I, think I think that's... With Ahmed, that's quite uh, shocking there, the studies you cite and I think the state of where literacy is uh, specifically for South Africa with that great push to professionalise the economy and to professionalise the sector of development within within South Africa, but Ahmed, I know a lot of work being done there by you and your organisation in terms of spreading this message of literacy across Um, I want to ask you though, how do you and i'm going to use this word and correct me if i'm wrong how do you compel a young person to read you know how do you force them to read because what we've also learned from experts is that young people today don't really want to take a book and read um so how do you get it done
5: well exactly that you know with the advent of uh, smartphones tablets uh, kids absolutely you know don't really want to uh, pick up a book nowadays So I think also uh, getting a grounding, um, and that actually starts in school. Uh, I'm not saying it entirely rests uh, with the schools itself. We as parents uh, need to take an active role um, and read to our kids as well. There have been other studies that also show that South African parents are one of the uh, you know, fewest in the world that that actually read to 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 kids as well. So it also starts at home. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah um, the other thing is, uh, Teresh, uh Most of our public schools, I'm talking about previously disadvantaged schools, do not have access to books or even libraries. So we we try and 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 get books into kids' hands. And you know for a fact that once the reading bug bites then you can't put a book down. But mm. we need to put books into kids' hands so they can see firsthand yeah. uh, what we can do for them. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the, the plan then. I know the National Reading Coalition is really taking the initiative forward and they want to really um, roll out massive um, reading campaigns nationally. I know you work very closely with them and, of course, uh, a strong relationship there with the Department of Basic Education how do you think this can be achieved? Then President Cyril Ramaphosa's goal to have um, over the next decade every ten-year-old being able to read for meaning.
5: Yeah, you know, we were quite excited when we when we heard the State of the Nation Address on on, on Thursday night, and President uh, Ramaphosa has introduced um, you know the, this initiative in terms of um, you know making books more accessible. Not only that, uh, there's also going to be training pro- provided for the educators itself. So, uh, you know, just in terms, of, you know, your, a very important question. You said, how do we make it exciting for kids to read, or how do we put books into their hands? You know, uh, storytelling is one way of of doing it. Uh, you know, getting kids involved in stories, so then they themselves uh, pick up the book and try and see what the story is about, um, and also making books more easily accessible. Uh, You know, in 2015, Minister Mocheka started the Read to Lead campaign, um, and that was also something very similar to to what uh, President Ramaphosa said in his State of the Nation address. But this one's going to be a lot more broader. Uh, You know, the private sector is also going to be involved in terms of uh, corporate Uh, companies uh getting involved in putting libraries into schools itself and that that's where we come in we work quite closely with Novus holdings uh, and we started this project about three years ago where we started rolling out libraries to school previously disadvantaged schools nationally so you know with this with this uh push from government uh, and uh, you know, NPOs like ourselves, uh, we, see, uh, we see. we see. We're actually hoping to see a lot quicker results uh, in, the, in the in the in the near in the near future. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think two yeah. uh, two questions then before you leave us, Ahmed. I want to talk about um, the difference here. I mean, now we're talking about reading for meaning, and I know there's a major push at various literacy weeks and library weeks. Reading for enjoyment, you know, what is the difference, and ultimately, how does either serve um, serve the learner or serve the child?
5: Well, well, Therese, you know, we've got to look at, you know, from grade R to grade three, um, children are all are, are taught at that age, uh, so they learn to read. Okay, then from grade four, they read to learn. So they learn to read at the foundation phase, and then they read to learn from from grade four upwards. Um, and the biggest problem we have is that the previously disadvantaged schools, uh, the kids don't have a good enough grounding of English at that early stage. So from grade four onwards, 95% of schools have English as the medium of teaching. So automatically, if you haven't got a good good enough grasp of English, you're gonna be at a huge disadvantage. And Tareesh, that would affect affect all the other subjects because, you know, in science you have word problems. In mathematics you've got word problems. So, you know, we we would think that the learner is very poor in maths and science. But if you do not understand English, you're not going to understand the problem. What is expected of you in the problem. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's, 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 a, it's
0: a big problem. <laughs> yeah. Ahmed, as you leave us then, and I think the major focus for our conversation today is that the 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation has managed to successfully um, get a response from the Department of Basic Education about the process now to incorporate 1860 Indian re- Indian indentured labour um, history into the syllabus. Your thoughts on why this is a fascinating story for all South Africans, young South Africans to learn. And understand.
5: Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if if you're aware, Teresa, that last year, Minister Angie Mocheka put a task team together to look at history, look at the history of South Africa, and see how um, the history that is taught at our schools can be more representative in terms of our actual history and not in terms of. What probably you and I were taught when we were in school, you know, in yeah. terms of the colonial aspect the of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there, there has been a task team put together, and I think they have already come back to Minister Moshekwa with results. Um, and I'm not sure what's happened subsequent to that, but uh, it would be great to to incorporate, you know, our rich 1860, you know, Indian settlers history. In terms of, of uh, you know, because there's, there's not much that, that, you know, our kids know about the 1860 settlers as well. So I think that that would be brilliant. Um, and I think the trick from the, from the education department is to make it as representative as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, Ahmed Muttala, the CEO of New Africa Education Foundation, thanks for your time and look forward to chatting to you soon.
5: Absolutely, Parish. Thank you so much for having me on your show
0: once again. So there you go, literacy being the major focus here today. And yes, we've got Mr. Anand Jairaj in studio. He's from the 1860 Indentured Laborist Foundation of Verulam, And um, yes, Mr. Jairaj, I think what's coming through very closely is how this history is going to shape the minds of South Africans. And I want to put something forward to you, and I know it was quite a bone of contention for you last time we spoke. Um, Constant rhetoric specifically by significant influential people in society, constantly making the rhetoric statement that there's no place for Indian origin South Africans in South Africa. Where is their place? Often that line used, that colloquial line used, go back home. And your thoughts on how Needed it is how crucial it is to have that history that you gave us a brief lesson in at the beginning of the show um, in syllabus so that everybody can understand. Wait a second, the people you're talking about the 1860 indentured laborers have earned their place here. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: look here, yeah, uh, thanks to Ahmad eh, because he has come in at a very appropriate time. I think in this func- in this conversation here, yeah. and he has set a bedrock for the purposes of our discussion here today. I just like to. Clarify a few things. I like to simplify things. Yes. Simplify things. What uh, Ahmad has done now is set the bedrock. What we need is people to be liter, uh, to, to be a literary, uh, no, or uh, what they say is the, um, uh, the word for it. They need to the literary skills. They need. Yes. 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 That's very important because learning about history or geography or anything else, or even indenture, is it's useless if you don't have the literary skill. And that's important bedrock which is brought in over there. Right. We can't talk about the intention laborers or history without that aspect. So that is a very important thing that must be brought in. And on that rests everything else that we need to do about education. Yeah. And to concern uh, of concern today is the question of the place of history now in our education. and And on top of that Right, uh, history will be more important than the indenture itself because the indenture aspect which we are lobbying for is a component part of overall history. Mm. It must be an integral part. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, overall uh, aspects for history, and this is one part that we are trying to lobby to get in the so. Yeah. Let's get that bedrock, of basic education, history, then our indenture comes in. If you got that in your mind, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. What has happened? Also, um uh, uh, Ahmad also uh, uh, spoke about the task team. In, let me also educate or inform the uh, listeners if they do not know about it. Basically, and here i like to simplify as well. In 2015, a task team was set up yeah. by the department and they actually did some research about introducing history and making it compulsory in school. Their recommendation was that History should be introduced. That yeah. was a major breakthrough. And be far more representative. Yes, right. And of course, the history. There are challenges, and I can talk about the career opportunities just now if you ask me. But mm-hmm. there are challenges yeah. about it. skewed history, you have to, uh, you know, revisit history and you know correct, uh, uh, yeah. you know, uh, information that are incorrect and things like that. Absolutely. So that's one aspect. Yeah. Right.
0: But the, let's talk about it in the contemporary issue, there, Mr. <laughs> J. Raj. I mean, l- l- like we've been saying, often the criticism against the Indian-origin people: yeah. Do they belong here? Mm-hmm. Uh, go back. home Home, um, you're not really benefiting from, you're not really adding to the economy of, of the country. How important is it I'm coming to, 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 that. to set I'm the coming to that. straight with <laughs> regard to I that? I spoke about the
2: three aspects of basic education, history, and our indenture. Yeah. That is why it's important for those people who target the Indian as a group, they need to learn about our history. And if they learn about our history, and our own people need to learn about their own history as well, when I talk about our people, the South African of Indian descent, then only be able to stand and say, "Okay, that is why it's got to be introduced over there because we are an integral part." This is the role that uh, the this particular group has played in in, yes. in in every aspect of South African life. The South Africans of Indian descent has played major role, right? And the problem is ignorance is a thing that's causing the problem, Absolutely. and we need to now educate. Not necessarily the ten years old. We need to educate those people yeah, in parliament yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, needs to go everywhere. Mr. Jairaj, I want to talk to you then about the actual. You know, like, say everything goes according to plan, and yeah. I know that's a process, and we are still going to talk about it in terms of community involvement with that. But say it all goes to plan now, and this history is, it's it's confirmed, it's stamped. It can be now that, taught. We are on the threshold, right? Only. Can be taught at schools. What? do you put in the syllabus and how do you verify it? Because I'm sure it's going to raise some ethical questions. Where did you get this history from? Who wrote this history? There's so many academic authors. You had them in your conference the last time and we spoke about their works. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you sift through? How do you put together a syllabus and then Mm -hmm. say, Listen. This is what you can learn from. Well, we can't do that. What we can highlight is, that,
2: like you said, you asked us the question, why should we do it? We are lobbying for the recognition. Yeah. Now, once that is d- done and dusted, we know that history is going to be phased in. That's an important and very critical, uh, uh, you know, uh, step we have taken now. The next thing is now, to, like I said, we have to keep our ears to the ground and make sure when the time comes that we may lobby. But the with the challenges about getting, you know, uh, the, there will be budgetary constraint. You need teachers as well. You need the syllabus to be th- threshed out. That—that's what the government needs to do. Yeah. They will set up the experts to do that. Yeah, and uh, right, and that is what will be done by them. But as long as what we have done is, we've we'll lit the fuse. We've lit the fuse now, and we want that fuse not to continue, and the rest must explode into reality.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's 0893108789. I'm going to go to WhatsApp as well just now. We are talking about the introduction of potentially the 1860 uh, indentioned Indian story to be phased in into the history syllabus as mr anand jairaj says on the threshold a very strong word there i'd love to know your thoughts how important this is um how do you want this to you know become a reality and when i come back i'm going to go to whatsapp some interesting questions and some interesting comments there so nine three one zero eight seven eight nine so you can call us now before we wrap up our conversation so nine three one zero eight seven eight nine scully is joining us on the line hello scully
4: uh, good morning to you, uh, Good topic, man. You know, thank you. this, this topic touches my heart. Yeah. Uh, it, that was long awaited, uh, the insertion of our arrival here. Mm. And uh, thank you. Hats uh, off for, for Anand, your guest there, and uh, the guest uh, you left us now. Um, Ahmed. Ahmed Motella. Yeah,
0: yeah. You
4: know, he, he told you everything, man. You know, uh, all what I wanted to say. Uh, thank you for that. Learn to read, read to learn. Problem solving, we, we started our problem solving with the maths by, uh, you know, uh, reading. And then the problem is solved. You, you know, you, you you understand to read first and then it's there. Good well, topic, Charles. Thank you so for nice
0: that. God, I appreciate your thoughts. Bye. Interesting, interesting points coming through to WhatsApp. We go now the this is from Mrs. Devi Mudli. Good afternoon to you and your guest, Anand. With all atrocities endured by our 1860 indentured labourers, preserved and contributed to the economy and education and all other facets, it's most welcoming. Our history is now acknowledged into being introduced into our curriculum. Thank you, Anand and the team that initiated this project. A great gift to the forefathers. That's a, that's a very sweet point there. Um, and good luck and God bless on this project. This is an awesome venture, and that's from Mrs. Nirmala Devi Mudli, uh, great encouragement on the initiative there. And shifting focus almost, Viran Rajduyar from Harinagar in Shellcross. Thanks, Viran, for that. <laughs> I was teased about it earlier, about the fact that I didn't know Cross. Um Yeah, so he's talking about this plan there by President Salimaposa to have within the next decade every 10-year-old to read Uh, for meaning. And he says, the plan by the president is all hot air. Lots of promises have turned out to be a pie in the sky. The rot in our teaching and learning environment started about 20 odd years ago when the outcomes based education was implemented. Visit our township libraries and the youth patronage for borrowing books, etc. will prophesize the bleak outcome of the dream of our president. Thank you. And this is from Viren Rajdeo. Uh, so he's not convinced about this goal there to get so that young, uh, young South Africans reading for, um, for meaning. And then you've got Roshan from Amzinto. Interesting subject matter. For those of us privileged to read and write, literacy has been indispensable for the progress of a people. The other side of the coin, illiteracy, has no place in society. But there's a third side, to be illiterate. This is where you can read and write, yet are indifferent toward reading. The consequence of it is a lack of knowledge. People perish due to a lack of knowledge and history will judge us harshly, especially in this era of technology where information is so easily accessible. So read up and you'll never look back. Russian, beautifully, beautifully mentioned there. Thank you so much for putting that, um, that thought into perspective there. Vasi David uh, tells us, hi, the, uh, okay, I can't play the video, but we need to bring, um, parent duty. And our children in the library were a great help. They add a, a reading tree where the children's name is on the tree, which excites the children and encourages them some more. I think interesting ways of reading and using libraries there by R.C. David coming through. So, yeah, interesting questions and thoughts coming through. Let's go to um, another caller here. I think it's Pakisha on the line. Hello there. Who are we speaking with? It's, it's
3: Actually, it's, it's Patricia from Peter Maris. Yes, Paris.
0: Patricia. Thanks there. How are you? <laughs>
3: I'm well, thanks. How are you?
0: Well, thank you. Thanks for calling.
3: Thank you. And thanks, I just wanted to say hi to everyone listening in and also to the gentlemen in your studio as well. Great topic. Mm. Um, Taresh, I think, you know what, it's a good idea. I shouldn't uh, think it's long overdue. What our forefathers went and, you know, most of them lost their lives uh, in uh, coming to South Africa as well and paving the way with their lives, blood, sweat, and tears, so that we can, you know, um, live now uh, in comfort. They should be actually learned throughout, not only the South Africans should be taught at school, um, brought into history, and every child should learn, and and all the uh, South Africans as well, and the whole world at large, because you know what? It wasn't easy for them. It was really blood, sweat and tears and losing their lives. And it should definitely be brought uh, into uh, the schools, curriculum curriculum and taught um, in history. Uh, Thus, every child learning about it. And it shouldn't be swept um, under the carpet and forgotten. It should be brought to light Mm. because it's well worth their trouble and being, you know, recognized the world over, I think.
0: Thanks so much, Patricia. We appreciate your call. So there we go, Mr. Jairaj. I think very, very important, very significant uh, is is the sentiment coming through. I think your job well done there for the organisation. And I think what's coming through very strongly, and I left this for the end here. We did speak about the process of public submissions, and you mentioned how important that's going to be in the process. What's well, coming through very, very strongly, and if you look at this just microcosm, uh, a cross section here of 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 um, the group of of South Africans who are likely to give submissions. They in great support of it. That's it. Uh what what
2: I'd like to also just caution, a word of caution, mm. it's all not done and dusted. Yep. There will be challenges. Absolutely. That. Like I mentioned earlier, you said it's strong term, we are on the threshold. It's only the few that have looked, but a lot of work still has to be done. We have to convince the authorities to include it there. And once it is included the the issue about how it's going to be implemented, what's going to be happen, you know, what's going to be included in the silver that the authorities will but we have to sell the idea to them and we need the support. Of the community, to convince the authorities that this is an important aspect that has to be included into the history syllabus, which yeah. is already going to be phased in. So, yeah. therefore, listeners, I just appeal to you all to you know keep uh, in touch. Yeah, we'll try to keep in touch with you all as I well. I want to ask about that. And, and the other aspect of um, uh, you know there was the uh, speaker, not the speaker before the last one. You know, I think you need actually a special program to talk about literacy skills
0: yeah that's yeah. a very important thing no, very, most yeah. definitely yeah, yeah, the literacy skills. but let's talk yeah. about uh, at this stage now mm. uh, just a quick text here we got from sindha mudli in silver glen i'm a retired teacher mm. i noticed the phonics taught at schools too basic we used to test the phonics taught uh yeah there we go i think you're right yeah, mr Jairaj, we, we, we need, need to have a complete yeah. uh discussion on literacy but i want to talk to you about this uh mr Jairaj, and the process has begun, as you say. Hmm. What, at the outset, because I know you're going to have a lot more formal meetings now to formalize it, hmm. but what are, at the top of your head, some of the lobbying activity that's going to take place now to get the ball rolling, to get the uh, review committee to, t- to be serious about this introduction? Yeah. We're gonna Actually, we're going to interact with all the other organizations that
2: is, uh, the other organizations that are interested in this thing. And when I try to set up some kind of a committee that will now steam, uh, or, or, you know, sort of spearhead this movement For We need to keep our ears to the ground, our pulse, our fingers on the pulse to make sure when is the public submission going to come in. Then we're going to start preparing some kind of a documentation to to sell that idea to the department. So there's a lot of work to be done. So those are the things that we need to do, to be alert, to be vigilant and make sure that when the opportunity comes, time comes, that we must be there to take advantage
0: of it and not be kept uh, caught napping. Right. Um, and I think uh, an interesting comment came through, I think from Mrs. Nirmala Devi, when she said, um, the forefathers are going to be proud of you. I mean, that must make, I think the entire 1860 movement very proud to know that, you know, you're doing something that's gonna stand the test of time. That's right. That's right. We need to yeah. do that. We need to do that. Even
2: yeah. it takes a while, it eventually must transpire. And of course, if uh is the president is true to his word, this is one of the things that must be recognized. We want to be inclusive in the history of South Africa.
0: Yeah. It must. It must. Yeah. I think on that point the inclusi- inclusivity, uh, inclusivity, mm. um, you know, you get a sense and you get an understanding that um Indian origin learners Mm -hmm. kind of have an understanding of the story. Like you said, you know, there's so much more that we could learn of it. But you get the sense that they understand the story, where they came from, what it's about, what forefathers Mm -hmm. are like, you know. Um, Let's look at learners who are not of Indian origin Mm -hmm. and who may not have... The same passion, the, the the same kind of you know understanding of it. Mm. How important is this going to be, and how is it going to be for nation building? Look here. Yeah. Remember something. We are looking at it from
2: the indenture side because we are lobbying for it. But remember that the uh, the greatest scene is that when you talk about history, it's a history of the whole of South Africa. So when you're talking about how the colony of um, uh, Cape Town came into being, the history of the um, the uh, uh, San group the Kho, the koi with the indigenous to south africa needs to be of course addressed as well the history of the zulu nation has to be also thought the great trek has to be thought what has happened why south africa was neglected you know uh, uh, before the great trek and why suddenly south africa if gold wasn't discovered in south africa i don't know what our condition would have been we need to know and our people generally need to know our histories to know where we are going ahead in the f- in, in future. And other sectors of our community need to know every other sector's history as well. It's not exclusive to us. We need to understand the overall history of South Africa and the rest of Africa need to understand our role in the history of South Africa as the descendants of um, the Indian indenture. So every aspect of history yeah. is important, is integrated.
0: Wonderful. Well, we thank you so much for making the time, Mr. Anand Jairaj. He's from the 1860 Indentured Laborers Foundation in Verlum And we look forward to, well, as you said, I think it's a nice little tagline you've left us with here. Keep your pulse on the ground, keep your ear on the ground. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to be monitoring quite greatly to see where the next step is. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for supporting us
2: this opportunity. And I think it's only the beginning of the debate and the discussion.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks so much for that. Well, we'll we leave it there now and we bring the broadcast to an end. Now it came your way courtesy of the team executive producers Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi and Tashlin Naidu. Tomorrow morning between 6 and 7, you get another edition of Newsbreak, And that's where you can hear more cutting edge current affairs from me.